0: Defender discussions for the last week in September. Let's take a look back at the most recent action for the Dort defender teams. And to do that, we're going to talk with the athletic communications staff. And I'm joined by Josh Totten and Matt Boss. And we are going to uh, take a look back at this past week, Uh, kind of a weird week. In terms of no football, you you get into that rhythm of three three Saturdays in a row with football, not all of them at home, but you just kind of settle into a rhythm, and then you throw in playing some soccer in the dome instead of out on the pitch, and then you run cross country on Friday instead of Saturday. And I don't know about you guys, but it was you get to the end of the day Saturday, and it's like,
1: what kind of happened this past yeah, weekend? Exactly. <laughs> and I was thinking about this last night. Time flies. It seems like oh. we just got together oh, yeah. and did this, and now we're back here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just is
0: so fast. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's been a good month. It's yeah. been a great month. Yeah. Um, we're, we're kind of in a rhythm, but, uh, yeah, let's talk about what has happened, and let's begin with uh, the four cross-country races from last weekend, the Roy Griac, early in the day on Friday and then the Wildcat Invitational on Friday afternoon slash evening. I talked to Nate Wolf uh, earlier this week and got his impressions on it. Uh, Matt, you were able to go down to Roy Griack, the uh, the event at Les Bolstad Golf Course. You watched the men and women perform, and I asked Nate, I said, could have you done any better? And he said, well, as a coach, you always could do better. But he said they were very happy with how they ran.
1: They ran outstanding, Mike. Um, The women got a top 10 finish, and this was the first time that a lot of these runners have competed at a 6K, you know, the jump from the five to the six, which we have to run in the postseason. So that was something that I wanted to watch, and we performed well that, but also that course is extremely hilly, very rolling hills. That's not for everybody. It wouldn't be for me. Um... And so we just we, we responded on the women's side, a ninth-place finish and then uh, led by Jessica Campman uh, who was always in the top 10 throughout, but over the last 2K just ate up some runners and yep. finished second. Best ever finished by a defender runner.
0: Nate made the comment at the 5K mark with 1,000 meters to go. He said, I kind of got after her because she looked like she was running really well, and it's, you, you've got a chance here. And he said over the last 1,000 meters, half-mile or so, that she made up some ground and finished runner-up there, beat and was finished in front of the runner from Sioux Falls that had won the race here a couple of weeks ago. That's a great measuring stick and a great performance by her, and she was rewarded with a Runner of the Week uh, honor from the conference because of it.
1: That USF runner that got her at our home meet, she was a national qualifier and the first ever national qualifier for USF, so that's no slouch, and to beat her comfortably up at GRIAC. Great race for Jess. From the women's standpoint, did did the women finish in front of
0: Augie as well, or did Augustana finish in front of them?
1: I think we got Augie too,
0: and so that's outstanding. Those those are the kind of things that get my attention because Augustana has got a tremendous um, women's running distance program, so uh, that's a great run for the women. Men, um, two in the top, Six was it? Yes, and everyone else kind of performed to where you wanted them to be.
1: Yeah, the men. What? What? What can you say? A third place finish at that meet, and Coach Wolf and I met on Monday, and Coach Wolf said, "Yeah, we beat five ranked teams out of NCAA Division II, and so that's just ridiculous." Um, led, of course, by Peter Shippy, and Peter did what he does. You know, he stays in the back, but then he's going to get you that last 3K, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, Craig Becker, uh, first race in a Dort uniform, was outstanding, and uh, for a guy that came in, you know, you knew he was going to make a big impact in track, didn't know how the distance of cross country was going to pan out, but boy, he's running so well. The uh, the biggest
0: thing, obviously, he has trained well for the last two years, so that's part of it. But the other thing that Coach Wolf made the comment about is, and I you can't measure it as he said he runs with just a lot of heart. I mean, he just he, he you look at him and you're not going to say, okay, there's your prime 8k runner body type. But he is going to, he, he, like Peter, it appears, can just withstand a lot of discomfort while they run.
1: And you look at him, he's a big, strong, yeah. he's built different than Daniel or Peter. I mean, he, he's, there's some a uh, thickness to sure. him, yeah. for, if you will, but he's just a strong guy and strong-willed. A couple other ones, it was good to see Ethan Summerhays out there. He yep. was running for the first time. He and Aiden Vorster ran extremely well, and those are two guys that if Dort has aspirations of doing you know, what, what they want to do, both GPAC and nationally, those two runners are going to be key for us, Ethan Summerhays and Aiden Vorster.
0: Chase and Indiana Wesleyan, they had quite a day.
1: They, they're good. Yeah. They they were good last year, and then they also picked up two transfers from Cornerstone. Hmm. So, so, yeah, two fifth-year guys okay. and two names that I recall from national uh, championship experience. Yeah. Um, so Indiana Wesleyan is out there. But, uh, yeah, good competition.
0: Five in the top 16, uh, Dort, I think, nipped Indiana Wesleyan last year at Guriak. This year um, – Dort actually finished better but Indiana Wesley, and I think that's the first time an NAI school has ever won the Roy Griak invite. Or oh, and I think Coach Wolf had indicated the third place finish by Dort would have been the best NAI finish ever at GRIAC as well, if not for the Wildcats winning it this year. Anyhow, then the other part the the rest of the team went to the Wildcat Classic in Wayne. And some good performances there. The women finished second as a team. The men claimed third. And Coach Wolf said the neat thing was they're coming back from Minneapolis. And the the people that had run at Roy Griak in the morning, they're just as in tune seeing how that unit did at Wayne State.
1: Yeah, and a couple of highlights for you. Well, this is just a fun fact that I find fun. Um, so that group that went to Wayne State, um they were one of the top G teams. And mm-hmm. keep in mind we we sent 10 or more runners to GRIAC. And so that group to do that down there against some of the GPAC teams, that's outstanding. Yeah. Um the men, Isaac Davilar should be yeah. highlighted. Yeah. Uh, third place finish. And then on the women's side, uh, Taylor. Anima Drogue, a second place finish, yeah. and she was coming back from uh, a trip, a, yeah. a trip uh, yeah. in Colombia, and got, had a late night, and to go down and do that, it was good to see her her run very well. The uh, next
0: thing on the calendar, I believe, is Briar Cliff, and that is a week from this Saturday, yes. and then it is the Blazing Tiger Challenge, and that's going to be uh, quite a measuring stick, and then it's conference. So yeah. I mean it. As I said to Coach Wolf, it's not about it's not always about the performances, but it's about the preparation and where you're at and the checkpoints along the way. One checkpoint done, now the next checkpoint will be the Briarcliff meet in a couple of weeks or in nine days.
1: Briarcliff meet's going to be interesting. Keep your eye on that because it's a Gpac preview, same course that the conference championship will be at. So it's typically a flat slash. Fast course. We'll see what the six k does on the ladies' side.
0: Sounds good. And so that's cross country. Let's jump over to men's and women's soccer. We alluded to the fact that for the first time we played a uh, we played a regulation contest in the ASB Sports Complex. We had a few rumbles of thunder th- th- during the day on Saturday. So uh, even though you know from a wet dry standpoint, probably could have been outside. Might have been waiting around till 4 or 5 o'clock to get started. Uh, I had mixed emotions about playing indoors because I'd always like to play outdoors, but it was a very good option. And uh, for the men, played pretty well against a team that I think uh, our our team felt like, okay, this is one we need to get.
2: Yeah, I mean, they went. They had a tough stretch uh, where they went scoreless against Bradcliffe Central and Concordia on a row. Um, and I mean, hey, it's tough to win games when you don't score well.
0: In that, and I think of those, the one that really hurt them or the one that they were like, ah, was the central one, yeah.
2: And that's the non conference yeah. one, which is funny enough. But I, I would say both the Briarcliff and Central game were pretty tough to swallow because I was at the Briarcliff game, they had chances. Mm-hmm. Central just was pretty stagnant, right, Matt? Yep. Yeah, like not, not yep. a whole lot actually happened. Yeah. Um, and then Concordia is the top G pack team, yep. so I don't think necessarily there was a ton of. I don't know how to say this like the best way, but you know, expectation. What,
0: what, yeah, what is your expectation going in? So then to come back with a 3 1 win over Midland yeah. on Saturday and uh, responded well. And if I remember correctly, scored relatively
2: early. Two goals scored in uh, offset pieces uh, in the first half by Lee. And then uh, John Stevenson getting his first career goal, yep. which. I was excited about. Yeah, I'm just kind Stevie's of – Stevie's one of my best friends, yeah. so.
0: <laughs> and they just put, were able to put that one away, win it 3-1. to one. Couldn't, couldn't quite get the shutout, though.
2: No, like literally five <laughs> seconds left. Off the post, rebounded right back into the middle of the box. Yeah. Boom. Coach Fordo wasn't exactly excited about that one. But what's awesome to see is um, 12 shots, nine on goal. Yeah. Like that's awesome, yeah. especially when you've been scoreless in the uh, last three games.
0: I've got more about the dome day okay. in a little bit, but uh, let's talk about then last night. Dakota Wesley and uh, Matt, you watched it for part, bits, most of it. Josh, you had an eye on it. Mm-hmm. I watched more of the women's contest, the men's game, two nothing, playing without Caleb Lee though for a pretty significant portion of that game. Yeah. And Caleb, Caleb has become, I don't know if he's the heart and soul of the team. but he He's certainly, the rock of that defense, for sure. It, it certainly seems like he's the anchor. Yeah. And so to still come away with a 2 nothing win, hopefully he's not dealing with anything too serious. We're not going to play doctor or anything like that. But I think it's a good thing that they're not playing on Saturday.
1: First half, Dakota Wesleyan played really well. They okay. kind of had us back on our heels, and it's like, oh, boy. But uh, we overcame that. They didn't score. And then we pretty much dictated play the rest of the way. We, we scored both of our goals with a span of three minutes early in the uh, second half, so that was good. Another another corner kick goal. So we're executing on those corner yeah. kicks in the set pieces, so that was good to see.
0: I was shocked. I did. I'm, I went through and grabbed that highlight of the corner kick. How did... How did he get so open on the backside? I mean, because I, I always thought that that's the, one of the cardinal rules is you don't let anybody behind you on a corner kick. I, I think it is. Josh, you have I Yeah, thoughts? I
2: mean, <laughs> I mean it, it, ideally you don't let anyone be asked you regardless, but, but yeah.
0: But um, all of a sudden, I mean, he's just there by himself, Josh.
2: Yeah, I mean, that back post run is always dangerous for sure. Um, that's why you have your. That's why you ideally have your two post players that play on the inside of your right. post to make that goal tiny bit smaller. Yeah. It's not a ton, but I mean it's something. And then just okay. letting them. Okay,
0: I'm just. Yeah. I mean, I I do not pretend to be an expert. I'm learning. I continue to learn, and that just shocked me. And uh, so, okay, you get uh, get the two nothing win. Um, let's talk about the women, not the performance they wanted on Saturday against Midland. Uh, felt like they were on their heels. Last night, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, the 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 contest on Saturday with Midland. Uh, Midland's good, but yeah. I, I think the, the players and coaches probably not satisfied with their performance on Saturday.
2: No, and you said it Midland's a really good team, um, but I feel like it kind of it snowballed, right?
0: Yeah. How, I mean,
2: I was, I was in the lobby right in the recap for the men's game, like when the first three, four goals went through. Right. And so I didn't necessarily see them, but I feel like after those first couple, like morale just tanked. Yeah. And, and then. They just weren't in it anymore.
0: You can't, let, you can't let two bad minutes turn into five, turn right. into ten, turn into a half. And, and then so if
2: we really, really, really want to get nitpicky, two goals off of back passes to goalkeepers mm. shouldn't happen. Yep. So there's – Those are things you can correct, though. And then we definitely had opportunities. Like if you look at that box score, um, Midland's goalkeeper yep. played unbelievable. She okay. had nine saves. And, and everything saves.
1: everything Midland put a shot was on net. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
0: they yeah. they executed. twelve of their fourteen were on and on that's a ridiculous on frame. stat. Yeah.
2: And we had eleven of fifteen. So but nine of them were saved. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then last night with Dakota Wesleyan, uh, I made the joke, uh, yeah, I was watching, it's 4 nothing, uh, feeling pretty good, and it's like, no, it's not, it's 4-2. Oh, it's 4-3. And yeah. then kind of reestablished order, Jocelyn Terpstra with the uh, the free kick from uh, the right sideline, got it over the head of the keeper, and uh, kind of reestablished order. But there for about, uh, about a 10-minute span, it got pretty dicey in the second half of that women's game.
2: Yeah, um, momentum shifted real fast. Yeah, it did. And we were talking before we started this, like, what did they do different? That, yeah. and I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it just yeah, yeah. Ellie Stewart scores at uh, the fifty five oh two mark, and then Wesleyan answers with a goal. And then three minutes later, they get another goal. And Then a minute later, they get another goal. And it it was it was. I mean, the only thing I can come up with was it was chaos. I yeah, mean, and and they Dakota Wesleyan was believing they were going to make the comeback, and then. Uh, finally able to get the ship righted and uh, take care of business the women interesting schedule they play today, play today again and turn around and another road trip they played uh, they'll be playing an old conference rival Nebraska Wesleyan in Lincoln this evening that's odd
1: how did that ever come about
0: I think it was yeah. because of the shortage in games that I mean schedule an aside here scheduling for the women's soccer and men's soccer for that matter is becoming more and more of a challenge um, it I don't know that we, I think we would like to play more KCAC schools. KCAC schools probably as a whole want to play some games that help their resume a little bit more, especially the high-end ones. And so it just, it's kind of a trickle down. And so you end up in a position where you, you kind of take what you can get in some regards. And the women for that matter, they already lost one where a team didn't come down to play and you're just scrambling and not a good deal. Right. And so that that's why you end up in these situations. And I get it. Nebraska Wesleyan was willing to play on this given evening would have been nice if it was a home game for the the women because they're going to crawl onto a bus, I would imagine, again this afternoon at 1 or 1.30, something like that. It's so
2: time just go in the opposite direction. Right. It's a long trip. It, it's a long two days. It's, th- it's
0: a three-hour <laughs> right. trip. It's 200 miles almost on the nose. Um, so uh, that's the deal. I want to ask, from your perspective, playing soccer in the ASB Dome, one of the questions that was posed was – before, when the the question was, do we play there? Do we even consider this? Does it affect the integrity of the game at all? Did you see that come into play at all on
1: Saturday? I'm just curious. No, I don't think so. Absolutely not. No. I thought it went really, really well. Yeah,
2: um, there was, I mean, from our standpoint, it's a little selfish. Um, calling a game from the corner is not a deal. <laughs> but
0: yeah. I think we made it work. Pretty, yeah. Pretty well. I mean, I, I don't know. Obviously, if we were going to play more in there, we'd re, we'd rethink how we Figure set things out. up. Yeah. But and then watching last night, Dakota Wesley and um their complex, and I was concerned about the space on the sidelines in the okay. in the ASB dome in terms yeah. of safety for officials running watching. I mean, they're running mm-hmm. blind up and down the sidelines. There's not a lot of room though at like In Mitchell, on that on that sideline, the bench area, the benches are right up on the sideline, and so I thought, well, maybe I don't need to be as concerned about that as I was going into the games on Saturday. There
2: actually, from someone who has refed like high school soccer, there was a decent amount of room on the sideline for for the dome. Okay, like I if I was being if I was an AR for not college, right? But for for high school or whatever, and I was an AR, I would feel fine. Okay, I mean maybe occasionally, hey, can you just back your chair up? But for the most part, I didn't see anyone that was pushing that sideline. There's okay. no issues. Okay. Well, good. Um,
0: men are off. Women are at Nebraska Wesleyan. And then we are back at home next Wednesday. Mar- Marty. The Fighting Lancers. The Fighting
1: Lans- Lancers. All
0: right. So, uh, Should and, be a good one. Yeah. Well, we're all going to get a chance to see it because we're on Heartland break and we might be all hands on deck for that one. <laughs> so anyhow, oh, boy. <laughs> Soccer. We crossed that off the list. Let's jump over to women's volleyball. Women's volleyball traveled to Concordia on Saturday, taking on the number one team of the country. Number one this week. They were number two last week. I watched start to finish, um, broadcast it remotely. Concordia is as good as advertised. Are they? Yeah. They're big. They got a good setter, nice setter, plays all the way around. And they defensively they don't let, you don't get any easy ones. Um, the, they are, to me, watching NAI volleyball, I'm not saying they'll win the national championship. Uh, a lot of things can happen over the next two, two and a half months. But right now, they seem to be as good as advertised. And our women's team, at times, were able to string things together, but then a three or four point run turns into a six or seven point lead. And yeah, it, it just ends up being a tough go of it against a very good team.
1: Sounds like Concordia is the same old Concordia. They usually are hard to get a kill against and good in the back row, yeah. good contact.
0: And they do it with a lot of Nebraska women. I mean, they are they have the pipeline going. I know that the Bolts, uh, the coaches there, they've got a background in the Nebraska AAU, USVBA, all that kind of stuff. And they, I think this is probably year six or so for them when they arrived, it, they had to lay a foundation and kind of get where they were going. And the the senior group right now is probably the one that they'll point to as really getting them back on track. Um, the setter is a senior, Bree Um Gabby Nordiker is a middle from Omaha. And they, they've got it going right now. And so I... They, they were as good as advertised, um, no doubt about it. So I'm curious to see how the rest of the conference season plays out as, as you, you see that conference race. We're now over a third of the way through the season. I think Concordia and Northwestern will only play once, so that unbalanced schedule will come into play as well. And the women's volleyball team this week taking on Mount Marty on Friday night and playing College of St. Mary on Saturday. Uh, Mount Marty... A uh, team that a uh, couple of wins in the conference, College of St. Mary, uh, they seem to be pretty good this year as well.
1: Yeah, they're right in the heart of the standings. They're third or fourth, and they're another ranked team. 11th <laughs> in the country, I believe. So it, it's going to be tough. Uh, we get them at the DeWitt, and it's been a while since we've played at the
2: DeWitt. Yeah, it has, so, hasn't it? Yeah. It's been a while.
0: Yeah. The, <laughs> uh, you go back to uh,
2: I have the schedule up. I
0: Morningside. Northwestern. That's right, Northwestern on that Saturday September afternoon, September 9th. Yeah, so almost three week, or it will be. It'll be three week, three weeks minus a day. So we'll be back at it with them. Those will both be on the Dort Media Network. So that is volleyball. We have well golf competed this weekend, and Matt, you were telling me on the. Uh, I should say they competed on Monday and Tuesday the women's score a 332 day 2 a 20 stroke improvement um that translates into the second lowest second lowest round
1: ever ever we had a 329 earlier this fall and i can't remember the meet but i do know may have been our home one i was going to say probably at the ridge yeah at would the be ridge my guess. so a 332 yeah good score yeah rachel uh rachel
0: and what i noticed was we because of the tiebreaker and all that stuff. On day two, they didn't keep Rachel Bostwick's score. She was actually tied for fourth. Okay. And they did they they did well. Um, and I don't know that Rachel really struggled by any means. I mean, she, not probably what you would hope from her, but I would say we didn't keep her score because there were three others that really shot well on day two i mean a 20 stroke pr- improvement I, I don't know what that says but maybe you make sure you golf uh, practice around on the course if you can i mean that's that's a bigger deal than you think when you think about it
1: yeah libby dauma and yeah. jillian idesness were the two uh, top golfers in round two An 80 for jillian libby had an 81 uh bailey wegg had an 85 and then emily uh uh, had a 86 so. there
0: there were and it's not that long ago there were days where we were keeping scores that were in the hundreds I mean that if, if a golfer broke 100 those, those were good days and now it seems like that line has moved to we're consistently keeping scores under 90 and so that's that's really good to see on the men's side pretty steady um, ended up with what a third place performance. It was fourth out of 11. Yeah, and we were one stroke or two strokes out of third, I believe, and second wasn't that far out of reach either. The the men, we, I kind of wondered at the beginning of the year with, lose, with not having Freddie Bullock back and uh, Dutch Farr not returning. I wondered how this group would do, but it, it certainly appears through the first month that they have performed to the where they're probably capable of right now,
1: and and you look at the teams that we competed against, we were the second of the GPAC teams, and there were a good deal of GPAC teams, so that's good. yeah, finish right ahead of Concordia,
0: yeah, I believe Caleb doctor. Caleb's been pretty consistent yep. this year. that's been that's been good to see.
1: And he put up a red number on day two, so that was yeah good.
0: one under par. So um, the golf teams will not golf this coming week. They go to Niobrara, Nebraska. They'll golf in the Tatanka golf meet hosted by Jamestown in Nybar because it's probably winter up in Jamestown right. already. Probably snow.
2: <laughs> North Dakota's brutal. Yeah. It's
0: it well, I tell people I was in Nebraska or pardon me, North Dakota once and I was October fifteen and it was like seventy degrees, and then one hour late or one day later, they were in a winter storm warning. So
2: Try living there for six months. Yeah. Well you
0: you <laughs> did. You did.
2: Yeah. Snow in April is not ideal.
0: Nobody tied you up and took you captive there. I, I mean, came back. You, you went there by y- your y- own volition. Y-
2: y- everyone comes back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hockey this weekend. Drake Bulldogs. Right. Yep. Two contests. Seven o'clock face off on Friday night, and a two o'clock face off on Saturday. They're one and one so far this season, and uh, it'll be the first opportunity for uh, local fans to see the defender hockey team in action those will be on the dort media network as well we alluded to it earlier football had a bye week what do you think of the conference scores from this past saturday
1: crazy stuff just kind of makes you scratch your head and wonder what's going on well turnovers hurt you yep um that much i do know home teams did well i mean jamestown beaten doan briarcliff at home against hastings I don't know. Maybe home. Did Concordia oh, get beat yeah, to Dakota this Dakota, Wesleyan, Wesleyan, beat Dakota Wesleyan.
2: Concordia yeah. is a puzzling team this year. Yeah, I like especially after week one. I mean, you open against Northwestern, which is always tough against the number one team, and they played really well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, they're going to come to Sioux Center. It'll be a lot closer. Wonder if they were banged up. I didn't look at the box Northwestern Wise Concordia,
1: Concordia against oh, Dakota oh, I, see, I, see. Yeah,
0: I yeah. know they played a man down against Dort. One yep. of their receivers yep. was not able to go that particular day. Um, in terms of the football standings, Morningside, Northwestern, and Dort all three and one. Dakota Wesleyan, kind of the surprise so far, three and one, four and one overall. And then you've got uh, Hastings, Midland, two and two. Midland getting beat, um, having two losses already. That puts them in a difficult spot. Their losses are to Dakota Wesleyan and Morningside. Uh, they got nipped by Dakota Wesleyan, though. That one's the I one won. that kind of stubs your stub their toe. And yeah, so they have the two wins over Jamestown and Briarcliff. They play Northwestern this week. They're in the midst of a challenging stretch where they play Northwestern this week, and then uh, Dort will be hosting them next week. And then they conclude with Mount Marty, Done, Concordia, and Hastings. Uh, Hastings, a couple of turnovers against Briarcliff, and Briarcliff turned them into points. And that's how you lose a 16 to seven advantage, and you get beat 20 to uh, or
2: 19 to 16. 19 16. That's yeah. right.
0: They didn't get the extra point, so. Yeah, and then Mount Marty, Concordia, Jamestown, all with one win. Doan, 0-4 in the conference, 0-5 overall. It's going to be – could be a tough year for the Tigers, the way things are starting to shape up, get beat by Jamestown 10-7. doesn't get any easier for them. They go to Morningside, or they they host Morningside. That's
1: rough. How does Coach Penner feel about the bye where it was?
0: Too early. Hmm. I mean, in a perfect world, you'd want it about a week or two later. Um,
2: So what do we we have, seven straight now?
0: yeah. And the Hastings coach, Matt and yesterday made the comment about he, you know, it's a fickle thing, but he, he made the comment, we're, we're five games in, we're beat up. I mean, and that's, yeah. the, that's the natural piece of football is the physical nature is you, you do get beat up. But he said we're playing a Dort team that's, one, coming off the bye, two, is not beat up because they've only played three games. I mean, two game difference—that's kind of a big deal at this point of the year. And so he made a point of talking about that. And uh, they are beat up. Uh, it sounds like they've got a guy—they're—they've got a, a man or two that won't be on the offensive line. So uh, depth becomes a, a really big deal as you work your way into October. And so we'll see how that shakes out. If that's a storyline that we need to keep watching, but right now. Uh, for the Dort football team, it seems like they've had nothing big. They've had a few muscle strains and pulls and things like that, but nothing where that I'm aware of where somebody's done for the year. So we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, we'll be in Hastings uh, for the broadcast of that game on KIHK, and it'll be on the Bronco Network as well. And uh, It'll be a warm day down in Hastings. I see temps in the 80s, something like that.
2: Yeah, I saw something about that. It's going to be hot up a little warmer up here yeah. too. So.
0: And the Huskers are playing at home, so I've got to try and navigate my oh, way around Lincoln. that. And yeah, they've got a 2.30 kickoff, so might be dealing with a little bit of it driving in, and uh, hopefully I am through it before they and Michigan get done playing.
2: Oh, and it's Michigan? Yeah, it's no, Michigan. Oh, my gosh. It's going <laughs> <it's, it's, laughs> to...
0: Yeah,
1: slow things up. Oh my goodness!
0: <laughs> have you ever been on the interstate after a Cornhusker game? Yeah, you have. Yeah, yes, it's a rough. It's a rough go of it. Yep, but it could be worse things. So I think that is it. Did I miss anything? I'll um, check. We made sure Peter Wal- Peter Shippy and uh, um, Campman Jessica Walsick. I-, I wanted to say Campman, but Jessica Walsick, uh, both players of the week. Uh, Ratings, football team up to number 14. Cross country I don't think has a rating this week. They wait another week. So I think that is going to do it. So we'll put a bow on this one. And uh, next time we talk, it'll be in October. And so we've got one month down. We keep chugging along. That is going to be the Defender Discussions for Thursday, September 28th.